ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. This is the Eat Sleep or Eat Repeat podcast, your weekly AEW review and breakdown. Introducing first the man of the hour. Now rise up and feel the power. It's gnarly. Let's go! Hey there, buddy. Hey, they call me Dookie. They call me the Duper Derps. They call me the Derpy Duke. They call me the Digital Fucking Phantom. They call me the fucking Willy with the Chili. (laughs) Willy with the Chili. I like it. How you doing, brother? Uh, Charlie, there was some fucking wrestling this week, bud. There was some fucking meat slapping, as they say in fucking Saskatoon. Meaty Um, men slapping meats. Yes, indeed. That, that graphic you sent me. We got to put that on something on the podcast somehow. That's got to be like the Pandora graphic or something. But like, <laughs> speaking of which, actually, before we before I get too sidetracked here, but I'll just I'll sidetrack myself because uh, we never I never do this first. But there are a couple of orders of bed nas to get to before we before we get to wrestling and favorites and all that. Uh, whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, be that Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Pandora, Amazon Music, shit, I'm sure I'm missing one here. What is it, Charlie? Some iHeartRadio action. Fuck! All right, anyway, um, I almost worked for iHeart, um, but anyway, um, but yeah, not, not actually, well, actually, I guess it would be for the company, but it was for a radio station, but anyway, that being said, um, whatever platform we're on, follow, subscribe, make sure you leave those five-star frog splash reviews, and, uh, you know, tell us what you're thinking, leave us a question, tell us to fuck off, bud, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, I'm at Bane Duke, that's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E, and Charlie's at O'Charlie with an X instead of an A. Hello there. Yes, indeed, you can say hello there to us, so we can be like, General Kenobi! Um. Speaking of Kenobi. That sign, exactly. of that General Grievous sign this week on Dynamite. <laughs> we got to get this sign. in the show instantly. MJF um, walks like General Grievous to his hentai collection. <laughs> Whoever made that, thank you. I just, I got to say, thank you. I'm better than you, and you know it. MJF probably has a hentai collection. Um, he has to. He walks yeah. like Grievous to it. So That's true. That's true. Anyway. Um, That's sign of the week. <laughs> sign of the year. Sign of the year. Agreed. Agreed. Sign of the year will be overtaken, though. I, I still am waiting for somebody that listens to this show to put a sign in the crowd that says, QT Marshall has no legs in the dark. Um, <laughs> no, it's going to Or has robot legs or has... QT Marshall has no eyes. Like something silly. Just put or just put something with ESE on it. Like uh, what's something that's to do with our show? I don't even know. Is there something that we do? I don't know. But... I don't even know. <laughs> no, that's gonna be on signs anyway, right? Like when when those guys debut, right? So I hope they bring them back. By the way, they make the, they make the perfect sense. Actually, I was just talking to you about this in the show. Those two guys are a perfect example. They have TikTok exposure that's way bigger than anything they ever did as a wrestler. So. If they can bring some of those people into AEW, even if they don't give a shit about wrestling, you know, that's a good thing. We need a casual AEW audience to form. It's something that I heard Mike like when Shaq about. came and and Mike Tyson this week. I mean, there's those examples we're going to go through on Dynamite and Rampage. I mean, Lamar Jackson was in the news talking about AEW this week. That was pretty cool. That's the kind of shit we talk like about to see. it at like what was that at like a Ravens press conference? Like, yeah, that was really that's, cool. That's man. nuts. That's like the probably the biggest exposure besides like on other wrestling stuff that AEW's had recently. You know, like that's pretty crazy. Um, you know, I'm I remember saying to you a while back when they were going to be in Seattle that they should get the Kraken in or something. You know, like or like just any of these things that you can do to expose yourself to a bigger audience. You know, like why Absolutely. not? Absolutely. 
AW is still fledgling as far as like the viewership is concerned. Like on an, on a one week basis, we can go from having over a million viewers to like less than 700 K, you know? So we got to figure this the fuck out, you know, like, uh, but that being said, let's start figuring this the fuck out. As I just said, um, because we got some wrestling to break down, but first, Charlie, we always like to go into the stuff that we liked and it is an even episode. So you're going to be taking us off, bud, but we won't be straying too far from each other because this was a fucking bit of a fucking fruit slapping week. If you know what I'm saying? My name is Daniel Garcia and I am a sports entertainer. The sports entertaining was hot this week and we kick it off with the all Atlantic dream match, which was my favorite of the week. As you know, evens, I go first. Orange Cassidy takes on Katsuyori Shibata. Garrett, when we were talking about a dream match, uh, we didn't even think about like that. Shibata is the definition of a dream match. Him wrestling, Shibata wrestled on fucking Rampage. If we don't, if people don't think that they're trying to change this, they're trying. And having Rampage live, again, the energy feels different when Rampage is live. It, it I, I just got to say, really enjoyed this match. There was a brief video package that kind of break down Shibata's career ending injury, this and that. Um, Mike Tyson was on commentary for this match, by the way. The stars keep going. You know, he he actually, for what it's worth, now, I don't know how much of this he actually read or maybe he does know it and he does follow. Mike Tyson did a thing with Jericho about a couple years back, I think, now at this point, so... That was the weirdest thing was that it wasn't like they acted like Mike Tyson was going to be there for the whole fucking rampage. He was just there for the Shibata match. So he must know who Shibata is because I yeah, don't and, think he, and he seemed he might know who familiar. Is. He must he have seemed, been. Yeah, he, he must have known at least. He, I bet he's a casual wrestling fan, but he's super into New Japan because of how close to fighting sports it is. Like I imagine there are probably some pro pro athletes. I mean, look at um Anthony Anthony. Uh, what the fuck is his name? A go go. He's probably a wrestling fan while he was boxing. You know oh, I mean? absolutely. And and towards the I end bet. of this match, he had a great call, Mike Tyson did, and Orange Cassidy was lining up for the Orange Punch. He seemed a little shaky on He did. He did. But towards the end, Orange Cassidy's lining up for the Orange he Punch. He didn't want to step and you on just hear, He didn't want to make it seem <laughs> unlegit by his presence, and I respect yeah. that. Like, you know, like... You but just hear Mike Tyson go on to, like sound and i i don't want to like draw the eye of mike tyson i couldn't survive a fucking punch from mike tyson i would like literally i would i would i would fold into dust like in the avengers but like um but uh, you know so i'll, I'll do my best to, to, to tiptoe around this but like he just sounded like um unprepared which is unfortunate because there's nobody in his ear probably as much in AEW. so it's not like on wwe where they could maybe coach him through it a little bit um like live on the air, whereas they kind of just had to hope he could figure it out. And he, but he was throwing all anything, so you know exactly. So uh, getting into some of the match here, I mean Shibata really got rolling quick. Mm-hmm. He went for a punt kick, didn't get it. Cassidy knocked his ass to the floor. He hit a big boot again. These guys just look smooth, but when they got going in Orange Cassidy's shtick with Shibata kind of doing the light punts to him, and then he really got him. The high-impact kicks. Cassidy then, you know, he mimics his cross-legged pose. It's just... That section of mind games was one of the best storytelling in the ring section. It really was, man. years. And they, they were having the so much fun long? with like, each other. Oh. And that's that's the thing. This match, I, 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 I can actually tell, I think Shibata really wanted this match. And, you know, we were going to do this in news, but let's do it now. Shibata requested two matches. We found this out after Wednesday. He wants to wrestle Orange Cassidy and Brian Danielson. 
There's a reason he picked Orange Cassidy, man. He knows how, how, how that cool kind of style. The relationship between New Japan and AEW is right now at a point where someone can just who's back can now request matches. That's pretty cool, you know. It's beautiful. Yep, it's it's a really good sign. And uh, let's get to the finish here. Okay. So Shibata, after the the punt kick, he then did his own version of the orange punch. Yeah, like a Superman elbow. That was yeah. Sick. It was yeah. It was more of an elbow than a strike. Yeah. Shibata locked on an abdominal stretch, transitioned to an octopus hold. Uh, Cassidy escaped by reaching the ropes, then countered with a suplex at the Slumdog Millionaire. Shibata hit a Death Valley Driver. That Beautiful. Death Valley Driver looked fucking. It was the whole everything looked snug. It was just oh, this was a good wrestling match, dude. It really was. Cassidy countered with a second one with another stunner. Cassidy hit a breach, uh, beach break for a near fall. Cassidy then landed the orange punch, but Shibata no-sold it. Shibata locked in a rear naked choke. Cassidy escaped. Shibata set up another punt kick, but Cassidy jumped around, caught Shibata with the orange punch to get the great win. And that was when it was just kind of silent from all the other commentators. And you just hear Mike Tyson going, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) And, And yeah, I really like that. Good finish here. Really fun match. And Shibata, Garrett... This guy had a fucking I believe he had a brain bleed. I mean like this guy's career yeah, like, was done. He like, like almost died in the ring. It was after it was completely with... done. He went on to train the LA Dojo. It looked like he held nothing back. And having Mike Tyson on commentary this is the kind of moment that we're gonna look back on. Mike Tyson was on commentary for an Orange Cassidy and Katsuyori Shibati all Atlantic Championship match on fucking Rampage. What is going on? And I loved every second of it. I really did, and Orange Cassidy's Title reign continues into our next favorite because holy shit, this guy's on fucking fire. Yeah, imagine having such a great match on a rampage that you forget that this guy defended it on on dynamite as well. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> speaking of which, yeah, that's my favorite this week. We had uh, Lutasaurus taking on Ray Phoenix taking on Orange Cassidy for the All Atlantic Championship. So back to back weeks with a trio, like a three a three way like uh, championship match for for. The uh, the actual OC, fuck that other OC. Orange Cassidy is the only OC I know, but um, that was lame. Anyway, um, so yeah, um, the OC is a terrible name for a group, by the way. It's because they don't want to they, they want to yeah. not be called the club, but also still be the club. And then like I was listening to them. This is also part of the reason. So I did check out a little bit of Crown Jewel, and uh, part of the reason why I tuned out of that match, Charlie, was because they kept they finally finally acknowledged the name bullet club on commentary and it just drove me nuts after all these years like i was like uh this could have been so good and it fucking burned it all to the ground but anyway um because they wanted they wanted to own wrestling but anyway um so yeah uh really great stuff you know uh phoenix immediately they, they both uh immediately go after obviously luchasaurus being the big guy um, so you get a little bit of Phoenix versus Cassidy early on, and you get a little bit of mind games with the, the devastating kicks is what I keep calling them to, to yep. Phoenix. Um, and then uh, Christian Cage jumped on a commentary, which I thought was a smart. I don't know if that was planned. It just seemed like he's kind of walked up there. And I, I don't think that's something that Tony Khan's going to nix on the fly if that happens. Like, it's good for the show. You know what I mean? Like, so and he's, really... he's a great talker and people love hearing Christian talk. I mean, he's probably like. I wonder if this segment could use a little bit of something. Like he could, I think he what? could tell there was something missing. You know, I can't like, remember and, if did, did you? I feel like on the when we did our raw deal podcast back in the day, 
you were a listener of Christian's podcast, right? Uh, yeah, I used to listen to ENC's Pod of Awesome. So it's like hearing him on Edge commentary. Back, before Edge just started on his comeback, which I didn't know what it was what it was at the time, I listened to that show literally every week. It was like my go-to every for I because I would work ten-hour shifts on customer service and I needed podcasts to listen to. So that was one of the ones that I would listen to this episode over and over again because holy shit, those guys have some awesome fucking stories about about wrestling. And it's got to be cool to see, hearing him on commentary now and just like if you guys want to find a cool clip of Edge. Uh, there's a clip of Edge from like I would say probably the 90s where he's sitting in a in like a, a, a seminar or something I don't know but Bret Hart's talking to a bunch of young people and uh, they ask Bret Hart how to get into the wrestling business. Not long after that, Bret Hart got him into WWE. So that is just to tell you how to wrestle and why Edge is where he's at. Edge has always been that dude since day one. He's been taking risks and trying to figure it out. Like, dude, what, what a dude. Anyway, what a um, dude. Agreed. Two guys, like two, two of the Christian will be in both Hall of Fames. I'm saying it now. Um, if there is an AEW one, which there, I assume will will be right. For There's like got to be, yeah, for Brody and for probably for Brody Junior. If we're being honest, you know. Um, but yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, really good stuff. There was a double tope spot. Phoenix chokes got choke slammed through a table at one point. Joe, Jungle Boy got his revenge finally. Um. Which was really satisfying to see him do the little sort of like tackle through the tables off the stage that took out the factor of Luchasaurus. So this ultimately was really Ray Phoenix versus Orange Cassidy, which makes me kind of sad because I think maybe we're not going to get that match further down the road unless it's for not a championship, you know? Um, I mean, we still could, but it just feels like because they decided not to have the Luchasaurus match here, it kind of felt like we had both matches last time with the other trio, the other three triple threat. So we didn't have to have either going forward. With this match, it feels like we could still have a Luchasaurus match, but it doesn't really feel like it's necessary to have another Ray Phoenix match. Though you could have any of these combo of matches and it'd be fine. Uh, Charlie, I do want to get your thoughts on this match because, um, you know, we had an anti-air orange punch that ended up ending it, and then we obviously had the lead into Shibata making the save. Yes. Um, when that music which, hit, unreal. Which, I mean, there's really only one thing you can say when Katsuyori Shibata comes back for the second time in six months and makes another save for Orange Cassidy and, and challenges for the AEW All-Atlantic Dream Match. You know, that's all you can say. Yeah, it's... So it's that's at Simmons Award, for those of you who don't know. It, it, you give, I give that out, or I guess we give it out every week for those oh-shit moments in wrestling that you just can't... It can't count for happening. They, they come out of nowhere like a Randy Orton RKO. Dare I say... If Shibata didn't happen, I, I I almost think the Chris Jericho throw to Lamar Jackson and the the pan over to him that could have been the the damn of the week because that was just yeah, dude he just got that punked. doesn't happen he bro he punked Lamar Jackson it, and he right? Lamar like, just was like ah whatever but, <laughs> you know um, like but unfortunately for Jericho and Lamar Jackson because it would have been cool to have a Lamar Jackson Simmons Award uh, Shibata's return here just completed this whole segment and yes the match Garrett. I loved it. Uh, I really think this was just flat out. This was a flat out fun match, right? And the Jack Perry involvement, you know, I, I think our guy Taz here. I mean, he was really into it. And and I I can't blame him. So uh, these are three of my favorite wrestlers in AEW. These are three AEW originals. I know I, people might be like, "Oh, why do you guys always mention AEW originals?" Because it's important to point out. They're still here. This is the year Big Brother four. from Big Brother. Um, yeah, Drew Austin from Big Brother, big. Luchasaurus. <laughs> anyway, now, um, I was wishing that Luchasaurus would go 
after Wardlow. And you guys have heard me say this past couple weeks. I mean, I thought that was the direction. Hey, we it know wasn't. where that's going now. Though. But now I mean, we oof. we know for sure it's powerhouse Hobbs and Wardlow, and I'm I'm actually down with that. Powerhouse. Powerhouse. There's no reason why it couldn't be Evil Luchasaurus second. Why not? Uh, absolutely. Do we really think Wardlow's losing to Powerhouse? I mean, maybe it could happen, but I don't think so. So I mean, Jack, you know. Jack, we both Perry, for sure thought Brian Cage was winning that championship. I know we both thought that. Like, I I could have totally seen it. A thousand percent. You know, Joe doesn't need to lose, but he also doesn't need to win. It's a weird. It's it's a great title reign because Joe doesn't need it, but he also it's great to have him as champion. It's why I never understood why they literally never made him champion for any for any length of time in WWE. It would have made so much sense, like mid card for years, just have him be like the Miz was, you know, like except you can wrestle. Like it 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 is mind boggling, and yeah, mind is boggled, and and honestly, Shibata. Showing up there, that just like we said, the damn the Ron Simmons award. I can't believe that happened, and I just I'm very very happy with Orange Cassidy. You know what I love about so far? being called the Ron Simmons award? I picked that because of the the voice line, right? Of the damn. But what I was thinking about that, if you think back to that APA group, they were kind of just too big. When we talk about the big meaty men that slapped, they were the two big meaty men that slapped meat for a little while. So, okay. Ron it, Simmons, and also, if you roll back to like when Ron Simmons was first in the, um, you know, Nation of Domination. Yeah, dude. He was always sort yeah. of like the big ass. And he was the, like, he was like the guy that fucking straightened things out. There's all those old backstage stories. Oh, Ron Simmons. What a, what a, what a, you know, talk about like people talk about like, you know, with like regard to like, oh, dude, well deserved of our, of the award like, name. Like, Clean. beyond just damn yeah clean like people that did it the right way and he's associated with jbl so i'm sure that they're probably similar in that way i'm sure they're similarly minded right but i um, so maybe hopefully he's not a bully also but you, you never heard a bad thing about ron simmons except that he was a badass and a cool dude so you know yep. like, let's shout out to ron simmons dude we don't you know i'm glad that i named the award after simmons it's great um and yeah so that's it for our favorites so what we're gonna do now guys is we're gonna jump into some news. The news. We got we got some news, which we got a, a topic that we've been wanting to discuss that we saw on Twitter this week. Twitter. And then we'll jump into some breakdowns of Elevation, Dark, Dynamite, and Rampage. Kind of get you all the results and some thoughts on all that. So, Garrett, jumping into the news here. Hello, what have we here? <laughs> Let's kick it off with New Japan Battle Autumn in Osaka happened. Why are we mentioning this? Well... Our boys FTR were on it. They were defending the IWGP heavyweight tag titles. This is important for us because it's AEW talent. And they defended against United Empire. Which version of United Empire? Great Ocon and Jeff Cobb. So, I mean. Large Knob Cobb. I mean, sorry, what? Yeah, since we're breaking down the results, FTR, they did retain the title. So they're still three, uh, three belt holders, correct? Correct. ROH, IWG, AAA, Triple Champs. And yeah, so uh, we also had Will Ospreay take on Tetsuya Naito. Um, and yeah. It, I'm sure that match we'll, was fucking banger. I bet it was. And and we will get around to watching that match. And we'll talk about it next week or something. Because I'm sure yeah, FTR is going to mention it. We've been watching everything FTR did all year. Because I'm pretty sure, I don't know about you. It's it's really hard for me not to pick Dax at this point. Just their run has been something special. So what this show did was this set up some more Wrestle Kingdom. And one of the titles we talked about Who are when, they going to face at Wrestle Kingdom? That could be so many people. Oh. I know. I I. I don't even know. But so so something that's happened here is the New Japan World Television Championship. We know the finals now. And 
we're we're going to bring this up because we talked about when they broke the news of the title. So maybe people haven't followed it since or maybe they don't care. But Zack Sabre Jr. and Ren Narita is going to be the finals. I I feel like it's a great Zack Sabre Jr. who's only held tag titles and he won the one of the cups, the New Japan Cup. And then Ren Narita, who's one of the most one of the more successful young lions in recent years. Yeah. This is a he good got final. Super over super quick. Like Ren Narita is like a like a well-known NJPW guy at this point. Like yeah. that's So it makes sense to put it on him, but you know what? Zack Sabre Jr. We were, I was talking about this with you. He doesn't really win a whole lot. He could use he might he might need a win. You never know. Yeah, I'd be down with it. So AEW is to make their Portland, Oregon debut in January. And this was announced it, it, in Portland. It's going to be a Friday show. It's going to be a live rampage with Battle of the Belts to follow. And they actually did they did name this Battle of the Belts 5. So we're sticking with the Roman numerals, which I love. They also announced after that they're sticking on the West Coast for the rest of the month. Um, it's going to be all taped rampages. Wednesday, January 11th, 18th, 25th, they're in Los Angeles, Fresno. And then the 25th, they're in Kentucky. And what's cool about Kentucky? Chuck Taylor was on the graphic. You love to see that. Wrestling in his hometown. That's really neat. And yeah, so we have another... uh, This week is going to be a taped rampage. The following week, it's a live rampage in Newark, New Jersey, because Full Gear is that weekend. And then one, two, three, four, five, six... Six taped rampages in a row. So, seven. My bad. Seven taped rampages in a row. Not in love with that, but let's hope that they can keep up the quality that they're doing because having Shibata wrestle on rampage is fucking metal. So, literally. And the last little bit of news here before we break into this discussion that you guys have seen. Brett Lauderdale, the GCW owner, he said, I don't think there's an AEW talent ban. He hasn't been aware, aware of such. If there is no, if there is such a thing that has never been communicated to me, if that is a new rule, nobody told me. I have good relationships with David Talent, and I still discuss opportunities with them. I think this makes sense, right? Because John Moxley, he loves to wrestle there, so and he's the world champion in AEW. I think him showing up at a GCW show with that title would uh, it'd be good for the show, and and the crowd would fucking really pop for it. So, which I mean, and the narrative recently has been that clearly the AEW doesn't want anything to do with that. I, I understand why AEW thinks that way. But, I mean, you know, if if John Moxley, the champion, wants to go do stuff there, what are you going to do? Say, like, no? And, and then yeah. everyone is going to be like, why? Exactly, right? So, so it's no point there. But On Twitter yeah. this week, Garrett, yes. there's been some discussion. And someone just brought up a point, and they just asked a simple question. And the, honestly, the replies to it were actually pretty good. Like, it was people are having a legit discussion, and that is, is it better to be on NXT? Or AEW Dark slash Elevation for six to nine months. Now, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to bring up a couple examples just on the fray here that I've been looking at and kind of been thinking about. So what are two of the more recent success stories? The Acclaimed for AEW Dark and Elevation. They showed up just like everyone else does on, on Dark Elevation. What was their gimmick? Well, they wanted to have an entrance because they were going to rap during the entrance. That got over and The Acclaimed are the hottest tag team in AEW right now. Because they're sick, they're they're on every week. Uh, what's what's it stand for? Acclaimed every Wednesday. <laughs> I mean, little things. The shirts, the pink shirts in the crowd. It's incredible. 
And then on the NXT side, the most example, the obvious example right now is Braun Breaker. The guy walked in. He's been a dominant champion. He's one of the most, he's, he's known as the face of NXT 2.0, but he's still in NXT. So where is, you know, Solo Sokoa, he got the call up to the bloodline, but not many other people, you know, so that that's worthy of an op, of a discussion here. So let's look at, there were some NXT releases this week, Garrett. And one of the NXT releases is someone that we've covered on AEW plenty of times. Someone that you were on record saying you were a big fan of her. You you thought she put out some good work. And when Agreed. she went to NXT, we were both like, well, that's it. She's going to become a star now. Yeah, it was one of those ones that I was pissed. It was the first female, because I, I, I suspected that there would be a lot of female signings that they would lose just because they, for, there was like all this, for, there was like this banger four months on Dark where they were just bringing in all this ridiculously good female talent that had just been let go by NXT. Yeah. Who nobody and, really and who, knew much about. I don't even know if half of them were even known for that. I think they might have just brought them in because they were signable, you know? like Yeah. And it, so it, who who is this? This is Sloane Jacobs. And in AEW, she was Notorious Mimi. Sloane Jacobs, she was in NXT for about six to nine months. I don't have the exact numbers here. But she really never did much. She was on NXT Level Up, which is their what they replaced 205 Live with. That's just their NXT Dark. She never really got, a, got over, and she was just cut. And who's the other one? Bodie Hayward. Bodie Hayward featured on NXT television probably every week. He was the first student in Chase U, which if you guys don't follow NXT, you might be like, what the fuck is that? It's it's Andre Chase's uh, gimmick. He's, you've probably seen the shirts somewhere. They're, the shirts are, are even they the ones AEW. that are really loud in all the segments? Yes. And okay. So Bodie Hayward looks a lot like Griff Garrison to me. And he he actually spoke out about this. He said... He kind of went on, uh, I believe, TikTok Live, maybe, or TikTok, and just said, I'm hurt. I'm embarrassed. And Brody's, I'm just down bad. For the last 18 months, Andre Chase University and wrestling has been my whole life, but I'm no stranger to adversity. Adversity is something that's come up my whole life, and I've always found a way to get on top. I will do it again. I'm Brady Booker, and I'm here to stay. So this guy was recruited to the Performance Center to become a wrestler, and then for about... I think he's been featured on TV about the last year, maybe nine months to a year. I don't have the exact date again. What, what happened here? Uh, uh, I, and who else was brought in, Garrett? And what a week to bring this up. This is the last guy I'm going to mention. Cole Carter was one of the most recent NXT classes. He, um, he was one of the only independent wrestlers that w- went in this class. I believe it was him. And Roxy, who became Roxanne Perez, who's been an outstanding success. So toss her on the NXT side. She's already on SmackDown. She's she's fucking incredible. But we knew that was coming. Uh, Bodie or uh, Cole Carter, NXT. He's there for a couple, probably less than six months for him. Cup of coffee, basically. Yeah. A cup of coffee. He teams up with Tony D'Angelo. He's a henchman. He gets he gets a name Troy Donovan, I believe. Tony, Troy Dimes, maybe. No, nah, he was not even a henchman. He was a fucking goon. He was a goon, and he ends up getting cut for, God, it was something. It was something he took, and he said, you know what? It was a, it was a mistake. Uh, uh, it is what it is. 30 days go by. He wrestles in AEW. He's back on Dark instantly, oh, and wait, then he wrestles like on a PED Rain- thing or something? Like, he accidentally took something he shouldn't have, or... It was something. I don't remember the exact thing. I, I'll, I don't I'll wanna, look into that. I don't want to yeah. bring up something that was like in the guy's past. Obviously, yeah, he's he, he got cut for, for something signed. that he shouldn't have taken. And yeah, okay. And then he ends up on a rampage. 
puts on a fucking awesome match with Ricky Starks. The guy looks incredible. He's He's got a really good look. Next thing we know, he's in the factory. And then this week, he joins Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh, Sanjay Dutt, a group that you and I have been really on. Into and Jeff Jarrett. And, and, <laughs> and Jeff Jarrett, son of a bitch. Double fucking so, Jay. So Cole Carter is now going to be in a featured group that is featured every week. And they're one of the going to be one of the ROH groups. So Garrett, that was a long fucking, that was a long yeah, thing you there. And you fucking belted it out there. So I'm going to let you take this. Now that the stage has been set, people know the examples. In your opinion, is it better to be an NXT or dark backslash elevation for six to nine months? Not to be the guy that I always am and not actually give a like a straight answer because I don't actually give straight answers on anything because I like to consider all the options. Um, but not to do that to you, but um, I think it depends on the wrestler. So, I mean, we could take some of the examples and I could even uh, like when we were kind of uh, sort of talking about this before the show, we kind of started going down a little bit of these these uh, avenues because there's so many ways you can go with it. So just stop me whenever I start to get boring. But, um, you know, I'll, something that's interesting about NXT is that like we pointed out ex- at least two examples with Sloan and uh, with Brody, right? That, um, or with Bodie, what was the guy's name? However, whatever that guy Yeah, Bodie Hayward's going to be Brady Booker. So Brady let Booker. me put this out there now. I want to see this guy in dark in about yeah. a month. Yeah, I want him a shot. Him. Why not? What's yep. the fucking harm? If he and when he's on out, there, I'm going to root for him. A couple him. times, um, you know, like some of the other people, and then don't use him again. It's like, there's a million examples like that. So, but anyway, the thing on NXT sometimes is you can have a few months or a few weeks you know, I feel like I heard about the Sloan Jacobs things a while ago, you know, and I, I just kind of checked it away. I was like, yeah, probably going to figure it out eventually. Because there will be people that go in that system for years in WWE, like Sean Spears, that never end up getting used. And it's kind of crazy that they don't get used. And you can find old footage of Sean Spears getting super kicked by Sean Michaels years ago because he's been, he was with that FCW, OVW, that whole nonsense system that kind of kept a lot of wrestlers from actually wrestling other places for a long time. If you ultimately think about it like that, he was, there are people that were stuck in that system. And then so Mimi yeah. is back out on the, on the streets right away. So that doesn't seem like a very good reflection on that because she, now maybe she just doesn't have it. Maybe I was seeing something where there wasn't and that's possible. You know, I've been wrong before. There's been people that AEW completely moved on from and it turned out to be the right move. But, um, there's also like the example of Cole Carter. Now, uh, we'll get to that segment when we get to it. I'm not super excited about what they have him doing just yet because it seems it. I'll, I will save my thoughts on that segment for when we get to it. But Cole Carter has had significantly more success just in the short time that he's been mostly on AEW Dark. Um, I'm glad that they did not keep him with the factory because yep. the factory, like I think the trust busters, unfortunately is ultimately going to end up being, is just going to be a soul sucking uh, charisma vacuum. Cole can be the trio for Jay lethal. Cause Sanjay doesn't yes. wrestle. Cole, yeah, Sanjay, Jay lethal, be the Saddam Singh. That's the trio. Sanjay is your heat, your heater, your big, your big meat. Uh, and he can wrestle occasionally, but you don't really want to see that. Um, I don't think he really wants to do that. I think we he might just, be but, the only podcast that puts over Zach Clayton and Cole Carter consistently. But fuck it, I'll stick I to that. Care. I don't care either. I love it. If they don't, if people don't like it, they're, they're also the only podcast that puts over all hearts. So you know, like it's whatever. Like you know, so oh, I love Blake Christian, dude. It's you know, like we're the only podcast that puts over Dante Martin super like seriously for months, and then all of a sudden everyone's like, oh yeah, it's Dante Martin guy. And I'm like, yeah, the Dante Martin guy, that's one of our fucking pillars. But anyway, um, 
<sighs> we'll have more on our pillars later. It, 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 it. Anyway, um, so yeah, I don't know, man. Like, there's just a lot. Of, like, there's a lot of people that go in and out of NXT, and they never really find anything. And I think I could think of like at least a thousand examples off the top of my head over years that we watched it of NXT television that they produced, yeah. where there were just so many random people that just you saw a couple of times, and you never saw them again, and you assume they just got stuck in the performance center because there wasn't something for them. And I don't know, man. I think they just, sometimes they strip down your gimmick too much to try and make it so that you can figure out the basics of wrestling in a way in NXT that I think sometimes for some people, they're just not wired for that. Parker Boudreaux. Okay. Yeah. Like I think if so, if, he, if Parker so, Boudreaux, who isn't as yeah. big as a Brock Lesnar, but he's looks like one. So he could kind of pass with some of the cruiserweight guys that exist now. He might pass for a big guy. So, you know, like you don't have to. Yeah, I don't know. I I think there there must be something. Uh, I think we can kind of tell that the what the the sort of something that's off with that guy. He doesn't quite have it in the ring. I don't think, and maybe that's what they were waiting for, which for him to and, take that next step. But like, yeah. Um. So something about Parker, real quick. I mean, Parker, who's got a lot of connections in the rap industry, like Swerve does. You got to buy into that. I I think there might be a way where where Parker ends up being the heater for Swerve as a heel. And I, I, don't I could totally that, see it. I think everyone in that group that the Trustbusters has potential. I they think, do, except maybe Slim J. So, so let me let me boil it down to this for you, Garrett. Let's let's put this in a vacuum. Okay. Say you're a wrestler. Okay. You got the option right now. You can go join NXT. Okay. Or you can go join, or you can sign up and you can become an AW Dark slash Elevation wrestler for the next couple months, similar to like Sky Blue did, for example. Or, okay. You know what I mean? In a vacuum. You're a wrestler. You got this decision to make, and you got to get the answer out by tomorrow. Which one are you picking right now? If, if I have With to them. choose, it's going to depend yep. on two things. The first thing it's going to depend on, if I'm a wrestler that's already got a lot of name underneath myself from the indies from years of wrestling, and I'm a little bit older, I might go with NXT because okay. I already know what I want to do. I don't have to have somebody consulting me. So kind of like how when Brian Danielson made his way to WWE, how kind of how so how he, so let's let's he knew say what he was going to be and they just sort of took pieces away slowly over time and they did that with cm punk as well and they did that with various others you know what i mean um, okay if you've got that experience you've got that name value behind you and you don't need to build yourself up any further nxt is the place to go if you want to actually build yourself up into a star so that when you reach nxt that or somewhere like nxt that could put you on with the exposure um, that that might be the might be the better option for you to go to AEW Dark because you're gonna get more. You may not get as many eyes on you, but you're going to be building up more stock in your name because you're going to be getting the chance to get in there with people that already have, like that are usually involved in some pretty big angles on AEW. Like Dark doesn't get like just the nerds anymore. That we have stars on hence, pretty much every week. Yeah, hence the sky blue aspect. So so if you're a wrestler who your background is pretty much like sky blue, like you're. You're known by like people that kind of follow indie wrestling pretty hard, but most people don't really know you until you show up on one or the other. And if you're somebody that struggles with like, if you don't like, if if you would prefer an environment where, because this matters a lot too. Like if if you're a person that doesn't work well in an environment where they're like scripting everything for you and telling you what your character is going to be and or yeah. at least leaning into like what they think it should be, like. NXT is going to be hyper-produced, you know? AEW might be a little less produced. and They may not like that as much if you're, like, a younger wrestler. So there's pros and cons to everything. It really just depends. Pros and cons. Con. Con. Anyway, um... But, 
you know, like, I, yeah, I don't know. There's, it, there's no good answer to this question. I know for me personally, just because I would want to be able to say I've done this, I would want to wrestle on AEW Dark just because you never know. Maybe you'll get Hangman or something like that. and this decides or, or, or you'll get QT Marshall and you can pull an action Andretti. Yeah, dude, no. QT Marshall is like the best opportunity you can get because he will give you. That's the dream match match if you're on dark. I'm not even kidding. I think if you're someone that no one knows. like, uh, you know who else would be awesome? One of the the Lucha Bros. That's another one if you can get. Oh, my God. Getting Ray Phoenix. Just give me three minutes with him. Let's see what happens. Ray Phoenix on his off day, dude. Come on. Like, (laughs) right. So, all right, let's let's move on from that. That that was good stuff. I'm very curious what everyone would pick. In, In my head, you know, I think most people would say NXT just because it's bigger exposure overall. But like the thing and, is, how many nameless people are there from NXT that you never care about again? Like, absolutely. And now then you find out like three and, years later on NXT that we're on NXT, and you're like, oh, that person's on Dark now. Weird, you know? Like it's yeah. So it's it's pretty cool. So you know, taken from this, I, I want to see Bodie Hayward on Dark in a month. Leon Ruffin for R O H. Leon Ruffin, former North American champion. How many people even, uh, you know? So, all right, Garrett, let's let's move on from this. Let's jump into Dark Elevation, where you're going to break down some of the results for us. Yeah, A- Hello, what have we here? Yeah, AW Dark Elevation 87, bud, the Halloween Wagon Special. Hey, hey. I do like the little Halloween graphics. Uh, Whatever. Anyway, um... I don't. I didn't really care. I didn't understand why they made it a Halloween special and they didn't have a fucking trick or street fight. I'm fucking pissed. Anyway, um, that's what I paid for. I paid for a fucking Danhausen versus goddamn uh, Brandon Cutlet fucking trick or street fight with fifteen bumps through tables that are accidental. All right, pumpkinheads unite. I didn't pay for this show, but that's what I paid for. All right, and we opened the show with. Uh, shot, you know, gun sounds. Fucking Diamante versus Madison Rain, which on paper sounds like a great match, and in reality was a great match. Um, it was good to see Diamante back again. Although yes, as soon was. as I heard Madison Rain's music, I was like, "Fuck, she's losing." Um, <laughs> what are you thinking about Madison but Rain so far? Apparently, she's Paul White lived near uh, a Rod, so that's interesting. I guess if you're into if you're into steroid abusing baseball players, um, hey, and, yellow. Uh, we had a Kaze door reversal into a bridging backslide for the dub by Madison Raid. Uh, let Diamante loose on somebody again here soon. She, she's a good wrestler. Oh, she did on dark. <laughs> anyway, um, we had a little uh, promo package for Cage versus Joe. And we had, you guessed it, Frankie Kazarian taking on Brett Titus in a match that felt like it was made perfectly for me and also feels like it could be like a Ring of Honor or, uh, television Number one contenders match in a lot of ways. Like, um, it did feel a little slow. Uh, we had a heavy forearm there from Frankie, and we had a springboard leg drop, a slingshot cutter, and a W for Frankie Kazarian. And uh, that the little slingshot, they, no one can figure out what to call it, but he he does slingshot them. So you just call it the slingshot cutter. I know there is a move called a slingshot cutter. That's not that, but yeah, but, but fuck off. Anyway, um. So we had QT doing an interview backstage, and then Dan Housen came out of a fucking locker. <laughs> and then he went back, and he proceeded to go back into the locker, and then he never I left hands. So I assume he has a portal in there to another dimension. So. He's got the portal to Wakanda, like those fucking oh, shit, commercials. Like in the fucking commercial with the, with the bridge. Oh, shit. Oh, dude. Yo, okay, straight up, if he came out with, like, Vibranium gear next week or something, I'll lose my shit. Oh, my God. All right. <clears throat> we had Kiara Hogan taking on Sky Blue. And a damn match. No, anyway. Um. Oh, sorry. That's five. What have we here? 
anyway, anyway, then did a little nice little arm drag uh, from Sky Blue, and then a little spin out suplex, looking move, and they pick up the win, and uh, Kira Hogan beats Sky Blue. Why is everyone that I like losing this week, Charlie? More AW heel <laughs> stuff, nothing specific. Make me care about these segments or just stop doing them because no one gives up. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know what AW heels is. <clears throat> we had Brandon the Cutlet Cutler taking on Dante Martin, buddy, doing flippy shit. And uh, Brandon doing dancing offense was funny. Uh, I still don't care about him. Dante did a mid air dab because he's a fucking savage and then he hit the nose dive for the win. The crowd loves these guys, they yes. were into it. Dante Martin is a fucking dude. Uh, Dead boy! We had Athena taking on Janai Kai, who had a nice look this week. Uh, Janai Kai is one I've brought up a few times, you know. Interesting look, interesting style. It's got that sort of, like, Taekwondo shit going on. It's cool stuff. She reminds me of, like, a Mortal Kombat character. Yes! Oh, that would be sick. Dude, Athena is kind of a Mortal Kombat character. That's the match we actually need from them. I just wrote strong style Fatality match between Athena and Janai Kai. (laughs) Yeah, right? um, Strong Athena style still Athena, smashing bro. faces, as was said on commentary. And uh, she picked up the O-Face with the win. She attacked her after the bell. Is Athena turning heel Charlie? I hope so. I don't know. I just like her beating the hell out of people. It's heel a good Athena stick. has begun. Let's get um, one of these. Let's let's Next week, let's get one of these Athena beatdowns on Rampage or Dynamite. So we know. Let's, uh, let's start who, setting the who table Who should she that. beat down? Who, is, who needs a good beating? That's a good baby face. It needs to be taken out of whatever feud they're in right now. Uh, um, you could. You, you know who would be great, I, and it would be a great way to use her because she never gets on TV. Fucking have her turn on Cheetah, dude. Why not have them tag up? That's a good tag team. Have them tag up for a week, then a week later have her fucking beat the shit out of her, and then that's a great match for the pay per view. Why not? You could almost do a thing where Madison Rain's trying to coach her, and she's like, "Hey, it's yeah, me. Madison going, Rain, that's a great one." Going. Oh, you oh. know what? this? This is worthy of uh, Batista here. That's good. That's good. We, we do like Madison Rain. Is is trying to coach up Athena like, hey man, you're you're taking this a little too crazy lately, you know. You're ever bring up, up like Eddie Kingston, like, so that there's this like continuity. You? Like yeah. you're looking like a little like Eddie Kingston right now, and you know how that goes. And she's like, well, what is that supposed to mean? I'm not crazy or something like that, and, and hope that Eddie's. And okay then they do this thing where she's like, know? okay, I'll, I'll prove it to you on Friday. I, I'm not that. I'm, I'm a legit wrestler. And then on Friday, yeah. she lays fucking waste to Madison Rain, dude. You, this is I. Please this could be awesome. This. Please do this. Yes. All right. And in the next match, we had the best friends and Orange Cassidy taking on a group of Jabskis, buddy. We had a squash uh, on this match completely. Pretty much everything on a dark squash, I guess. But we had an anti-air kick from Beretta. We had the triple suplex. Cassidy took it easy on all those moves. Triple powerbomb. Their triple powerbomb is weird, but it's cool. Um, Yeah. Eddie Kingston and Ortiz took on another group of... Job skis as well, and uh, it's, it's, it's good to see them again, you know. Um, Would you like to Dasha, see challenge they, he acclaimed? Uh, that'd be good, actually. I'd like that, especially with Eddie leaping. Maybe Eddie ultimately costs them and then, like, turns on the like, tries to attack the acclaimed, yeah. and like, Ortiz stops him, and that's another pay per view match, maybe, or something. I don't know. That'd be good. That'd be good. I like oh, Eddie I versus Ortiz in the ring. It sounds awesome. Day. Can you imagine the... Oh, they make a good match. Anyway, um, so... Because Ortiz is underrated, man, and I would love to see somebody give him a good singles match on a pay-per-view. Because that's like, you know... He had the match with Jericho, and that I feel like that opened a lot of people's eyes, but I feel like he's actually pretty good in the ring. Seeing some of the squashes that he got when he was still doing stuff with Santana. Um, but, 
Yeah, uh, but they did some good stuff in this match. Did they just get the, ra- the name wrong on the graphic there? Because I think Dasha said the right name. I don't think she would get that wrong. She has a fucking what was card the name? with the names on it, I'm pretty sure. Like, I don't know. I think I um, missed it. Yeah, it did happen. She did. She said a different name than what was being shown on the graphic. I would assume that either somebody's changed their name since the graphic yeah. was made, and well, that it's might like be when what the it is. Blondes I can understand up. like that would be really weird. But if a wrestler changed their name and their gimmick, and then wanted to be known by that, I was like when they show it on the TV or on the graphic, then. But it would. I, they should fix that in post if they can, because there's no reason why they couldn't just record. Not show Dasha and not just have her record in a stadium really quickly. Like, hey, can you go record this name really quickly so we can fucking play it? All right, cool, thanks. You know, like, anyway. Um, but yeah, and then they did a little Russian leg sweep combo. He locked in the stretch plum and then kept beating up the guy. And then the ref wasn't going to throw him throw out the match for some reason. So Ortiz just let it happen this time. I don't know what the fuck this is going. Part of me feels like they said that they didn't want to do this as a story, but then someone was like, "No, you have to." Because it's going <laughs> fucking nowhere. Um, yeah, I, I imagine it's gonna be like everything else with Eddie Kingston, where it slow burns into something. But I don't know. He's not doing anything with it so far. So and he looks I don't like, like he doesn't. The idea that Eddie's so. cooling off either it makes me upset. Yeah, it's it's not getting anywhere. The story's not really. People don't really care anymore, and Eddie doesn't seem to want to do it. So if if nobody wants this story, Tony Khan, just let it go. Um, or it's just going to be one of those stupid long bur- I Can we get over this fucking long burn? I know people want long-term storytelling in wrestling, but not everything has to be long-term storytelling. The acclaimed winning the tag titles was booked on like a two-week fucking basis, and it worked perfectly. Well, not perfectly. Yeah. It would have worked more perfectly if they'd have booked it on the basis of when they were building up to the pay-per-view. If you look back now, it kind of was obvious that they should have put it on them, but like whatever. <sighs> oh, well. Speaking of things that are obvious, Jade Cargill picked up a win on Dark. Um, she did that with a Layla Gray in the corner. She's got Trisha Dora. She did a brutal back elbow, obliterated Adora with the uh, pump kick that everyone showed the gif of on Twitter. Um, people like to gif Jade matches, even though like ninety percent of Jade matches aren't worth gifting. But I mean, whatever. Um, and then it's Nyla the, came it's out. It's those big spots that she can hit, man. Yeah, Nyla came out and then ran away, which I thought was weird. And in the main event of the evening, we had <clears throat> taking on QT Marshall. Oh, QT sucks. Um, I love QT Marshall, man. Someone was described as having the personality of a frog with rabies. Was <laughs> that? That was a real commentary fucking thing. I take notes, guys. I pay the fuck attention, even when... Guys, you don't understand. Sometimes I'm literally sitting here half-watching Dark, because I, I, some weeks, I, I'm going to be honest, I love Dark, but some weeks I could give two shits what's on Dark. Like, <laughs> And really, some weeks I'm just like, nah, I don't give a fuck, because I'm playing like MLB The Show or something like that, you know what I mean? Like, Because I'm bored, and I just I can't be bothered to watch it because I'm more excited about what's happening. Like There was a Ring of Honor title match that was not named champion that we were going to get on. I was more excited about that this week than I was anything else. Like, But uh, the curse was denied, which was interesting. We had some hard chops from Danhausen. Uh, QT spit on the cape. We, had sh- we saw Shoddy Lee, which was interesting. Yeah, um, man. Shoddy Lee attacked Danhausen. And then it's a diamond cutter for the win. So Shoddy Lee's back, which I'm really excited about because Shoddy Lee was one of those ones that we were building. We were like, he was one of our guys. I think if he hadn't been hurt when he was, I think we probably would have fucking made him one of the pillars. Let's be real. Um, 
Like he definitely potential through the roof. He's definitely. And by the way, where there's not just the four, the four is just because that's what the MJF's original gimmick was. We could have five or six pillars. We just haven't agreed on the fifth one yet. Are we going to do it right now? Is it Shoddy Lee? Is he number five? Because we we still we've seen enough. I think Shoddy Lee is fucking talented. Like it, bro, he he fucking could be. He could. We'll see after this next thing with Danhausen because I like his choice of Danhausen. He's been on the shelf for months, and the first thing he does when he gets back, he attacks the fucking clown. I love it. Um, so yeah, little, little match from, from Dan Housen and QT Marshall. Um, I don't know. I don't really care about Dan Housen. I'm sorry. They can't make me. I, mean, it, I just yeah, You know, Dan Housen, he just, he fills a role that, you know, you need to have, if we're going to have our smorgasbord that Kenny likes oh, to say. Fuck. At least they bookended have- them together. Like the, if you watched dark back to back, like I did this week, you got so much Dan House and you wanted to puke. That you that. did. Cause I'm right with you, man. That was, that was me fucking Tuesday night here. So <laughs> taking us off in dark episode 168. Hello there. We had Dan House and taking on John Cruz. Dan House, you know, clothesline clue. <laughs> Dan Cruz. He took fucking control of it. He hit him with the modifier DDT for the quick victory. The Embassy, Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony defeated Fuego del Sol and Waves and Curls. I like Fuego, Waves and Curls as a team, by I, the way. I gotta say, I do too. Put that as a trio. Wait, Fuck the trolls. Welcome, welcome back, Fuego, Waves and Curls. curls. Call them uh, something like nice call them like back. in Fuego de, de something de Curls and Waves in Spanish. I don't know how to speak Spanish yet, but I'll figure it out. Call them that, and that sounds like a fucking awesome team name. Waves and Curls, Jalen Brandon and Trayvon Jordan. Welcome back, guys. To do. Everything we've seen them do has been like not fucking a, like a bad wrestling, which is not hard. It was kind of hard to do on Dark. I'm sorry, Dark. It's the truth. You know, like some people they on are Dark current, just, They are current. that guy that couldn't ERP? do the fucking flip over the top rope because he was too big? Remember that, Charlie? <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Uh, Waves and Curls, are, they are current TRP and NEW tag team champions. So good for them. That's Northeast Wrestling. And top rope promotions, so good for them. Uh, we we look guys like that being featured on the show. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. Remember and when Hikaleo they, tried to bump himself out of the ring and almost died? That was actually insane. Uh, Team Del Sol got some momentum here. Fuego came in, attempted a tornado DDT on Cage. It was reversed, allowing Jordan to come back into the match. Moments later, Leona and Khan helped Cage hit an assisted Liger bomb on Jordan for the win. Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero defeated Leva Bates. Now, this was the one where Vicky came out just fucking screaming. Oh, my God. She's fucking letting it rip. Uh, Rose hit a spear and Beast Bomb quit. Get the win. I'm just glad to see Leva Bates because without BTE, I feel like Leva Bates. We need to see fucking Peter Avalon, man. I, I miss them. Bring back BTE too. with just Peter Avalon and Leva Bates. I'm, I'm calling for it. Do it now. Now that it's gone, I'm missing BTE more and more. God, it's gonna fucking feel so weird when it comes back. Like it, it probably won't come back like right away either. They'll do some weird storyline. By the way, can we talk about that really quickly? I know we're in the middle of talking about dark. They haven't really acknowledged those segments they did last week or that segment that they did last week. What the elite? Yeah, with like yeah, the, I think that's deleting. the point. Yeah, I, I kind of dig it. Okay, I'm very curious how this is gonna end up. Okay, so okay. Uh, Dante Martin defeated Encore. Pretty quick match. Uh, Martin hit a half and half Uranagi for the victory. Hell yeah. Interim AEW Women's Champion. Tony Storm took on Diamante in a non-title match. Um, headlock as soon as it got kicked off. Full control, few strikes, hit a bulldog. Uh, Diamante then drop kicked Storm out of the ring. She ended up taking control. Diamante hit a, put a headlock, tried to wear her down. 
Storm made her comeback, hitting Diamante with a few variations of suplexes. Dude, she changed her work laser with the fucking triple suplex. She really did. And as we got towards the end here, Storm hit Diamante with a few hip attacks for making her submit with a cloverleaf leg lock. Dude, can I just say, like, and I don't want to sound sexist, so I'm going to try my best. I feel like <laughs> when people envision, like, a fucking female wrestler, and they the, what the things that they a lot of times envision is, like, a really attractive young female that is athletic as hell and can go for, like, 20 minutes in the ring. I feel like that's Tony Storm to a fucking T. And that's not a knock on Thunder Rosa for being an older female wrestler, because she's not really that much older anyway, you know? Because as yeah. we well know, female entertainers only get to last so long. It's just a fucking reality because of how, how sexist the industry is, you know? Um, it, which is fucked up. That's why I'm trying not to sound sexist right now, because I just think I'm really, really proud of the shit that Tony Storm is doing right now in AEW, because AEW's women division gets a lot of shit, and Tony Storm is like a shining example right now of like this was someone that was on standby more or less for the last few months when she first got here, and they needed somebody to step up, and here's who you get. Uh, and she's killing it, absolutely. Dude. So and she's using a fucking cloverleaf. What a great submission! Ugh. Orange Cassidy in his fourth match that we're talking about, and best friends defeated the Trust Busters, which had an honorary Trust Buster, Tony Deppin. Cool oh that, yeah, man. they're very cool He's with getting that. the fucking name recognition, bro. I'm telling you, he that guy. And, and you were like, I, you, I remember you literally saying to me a few months ago, I don't think he's, he's nobody's got any interest in. And look at look at it now. I'm telling you, I so I got a fucking eye for this shit, man. I don't know, like this is where it's gonna be, man. And this is pretty solid. I mean, Beretta and Deppin had some nice exchanges here, uh, but the closing stretch, Deppin and Cassidy went at it. Brett and, De- and Taylor helped soften him up before Cassidy hit a double choke slam powerbomb combo for the victory. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Kip Sabian. Hey. By the way, I started marking in my notes that to Kip Sabian's accompanied by the box. By the box. Kip <laughs> Sabian with the box. Hey, yo. Uh, defeated Dean Alexander. He hit a signature brain buster off the ropes for the victory. Okay, Marina so since Sh- Kip didn't do shit in this match, we're going to go back to this every week until Kip does something. Does she make him wear the box? Oh, 100%. Okay, okay. Just making sure that we're still there. Okay. Uh, I mean, he has to. Hello. I mean, he's a great looking guy. It's got nothing to do with that. It's just the box. Oh, dude, you got you, you got to take advantage of that weird shit. Kip Sabian, if if his look got into the, like the right side of the internet, uh, people would dude, lose he their minds. I don't understand why he's not on TikTok. He would be so like, huge. He would dude, be. imagine it, him. Do you know what he looks like? He looks like an alternate universe version of fucking Jacksepticeye, who was a pro wrestler. Dude, on uh, they're on TikTok right now. This even got on my feed. There's this stud dude by the name Fry Boy, and he's he's everywhere right now. And it's just because he looks he's a stud, and he, he's got that he, look. He's he doing this be, Halloween like, stuff. I feel like if they used him on TV, he would get popular. He'd be like, "Hip Sabian needs Fry Boy in his corner." All right, if you guys <laughs> got that reference, shout out to you. Marina Shafir took on Kennedy Copeland. She won with a uh, guillotine. This was quick work. I mean, very quick. And then our main event, <laughs> Ray Phoenix and AR Fox. Holy shit, the pace of this match. Now, so for Dark and Dark Elevation here, the last ones. Now, we can always take note of this. This last one is the one that goes on immediately before the start of Dynamite and Rampage. And you can tell. Cutie Marshall and, and Denhausen, the crowd was hot. They were chanting. They were excited. You want that to go and the Dynamite to start right after. This match, the fucking pace of this. Because I bet you half that crowd's never seen or heard of AR Fox. A very independent wrestler. I mean, he's he's like, you got to be in deep. You got to be in, in the, you got to be in the trenches to know him. And 
then when you do know him, you're like, yeah, this is a no-brainer. Of course you stick him out there with Ray Phoenix. AR Fox is a little run on dark here with, with Dante Martin and Ray Phoenix has been awesome. But the twisting brainbuster for a near fall, they position themselves in the top rope where Fox hit a springboard Spanish fly on Phoenix. Fox then followed up with a 450 splash for another near fall. And as the match wound down, Phoenix hit a rotating muscle buster on Fox to secure the win. Like, are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Go check this match out. It's like six minutes. It's worth your time. It's really fun. And yeah, let's use this now, Garrett. Let's jump into Dynamite and Rampage. We'll talk about some of them other matches. And we got a daddy-ass birthday bash, so let's jump right in. Jay Lethal and Darby Allen. Um, this was a fun opener, and I gotta say, I think Darby Allen and Jay Lethal, their feud has not been, like, very hot. No. It's not something that we... Well, they haven't really been to. going with it. It's kind of been in the background. It, exactly. It's been in the background. I mean, he pulled the ultimate wrestling segment ever when he... Crushed him with the fucking garage door. That was that was the best part of it so far. That's what that made the people oh, interested in it at all. I don't think they were going to continue it until that segment worked. Like, so Allen's ribs are taped, and you know Darby Allen is getting worked on that the entire match. Um, you know, out of it the, looked fucking silly when he was under the barricade, but I understood what they were doing. You know, yeah. Like, uh, so you know, we get going here. Lethal gets a figure four while he's trapped under that. You know. He hit he hits a German suplex on the apron and again focused on the ribs. We come back from the commercial. Allen hit a springboard coffin drop that was really clean, mm-hmm. but the ribs worked over too much. So Lethal regained control. Um, a top rope elbow crucifix for the two from Allen. He avoided the lethal injection into a rear naked real little rear naked choke. He hit an over the top stunner. Uh, lethal bailed outside. He tried to die, uh, Allen then tried to dive through the top ropes, but bounced off Singh like he was a rubber ball. Yeah, the ref kicked Dutton Singh splat. out. And then we out of the corner, we see someone wearing a sting coat. Took out Allen with a baseball bat to the ribs. Again, they worked the ribs like a motherfucker here. Back in the ring, Lethal hit a lethal injection for the win. I will always pop for the lethal injection. It's such a pro wrestling move. That's all I can say. I mean, it's, I will always pop for it. The masked man was revealed to be Cole Carter from the factory. Unfortunately, there was no reaction for that because, well, not many people know who he is yet. Again, we... They gotta stop know? doing these like big reveals like this for people that they have no idea. And unfortunately for Jay Lethal's group, this is twice now. But I think people will know who Cole Carter is. They will. And like I, Jay I, Lethal I, has now had two different times. I understand he wants this Jay Lethal group to be like big and a big faction, but you've had it around long enough. It's now consi- people consider that group of three to be like a, a an integral part of this show. It's why they pop for him versus Darby because even though they don't really care about this feud and the matches so far haven't really been spectacular. <clears throat> we've had we've seen enough that we want to see what this goes to at a pay-per-view because we know they'll probably put on a yeah. great match there. And, so and at pay-per-view it'll probably go to a tag match with with Sting here. So Yeah, which makes sense. Even if you just did him and Darby uh versus um I think Satnam, I think they I think Sting with his limited ability and Satnam with his limited ability, I think in the same way that Jeff Jarrett will ultimately, I think, which we're gonna get to in a second, obviously, the whole double J stuff. But I think Jeff Jarrett will slot it in a similar way like he did in the match with, with Ric Flair. There's a limited wrestler on the other side in Sting, and he can make up for – he can still wrestle a little bit, but he's not like Jeff Jarrett of old. So it, it makes sense. you know. It's like it balances, the, it balances the scales, as all things should be. Agreed. So, yes, Sting's entrance music hits. Lethal and company watched at the stage. Jeff Jarrett came in behind Allen and laid him out with the guitar. 
He told him he learned a lesson from the last outlaw. He said Sting had become his biggest weakness. Said he has a message for the delusional AEW fan base. Ran down his resume, and he called the fans slap nuts. So, <sighs> what are we doing here? Um, I, I, dude, I'm sorry. I, was this killed this the segment TV? for me? I thought even with the Cole Carter it, thing, it could have been saved. But like, yeah. fucking Jeff Jarrett, man, it just leaves such a bad so, taste in my mouth from from the impact. I'm sorry. I and I like Jeff Jarrett's podcast is cool, but I just can't stand the way that he's so smug on there sometimes. Like he wants to act like. He's never done anything wrong in the wrestling business. And I'm going to be honest with you. There were years I was waiting for TNA to become the next contender. I really thought that they would because they had a different thing going on there. It was still the same sort of sports entertaining thing that they were going for. And that's when I think it started to go downhill when they started to try and be WWE. When they stopped trying to be something different. And according to Jarrett, he was the big guy that pressed all of them trying to be different. He got them this excited ring. He got them all this. So... And yeah. he's supposed to be taking over this live events thing, which I've That's been what hearing I was about. about. Can I yes. be honest with you, Charlie? AEW doesn't need to be doing these live events. Like, if they're going to be doing more pay-per-views or more live shows, great. I love that idea. If you're going to be using the Jarrett name to get into certain stadiums you can't get into or certain territories, great. I love that idea. But if you're trying to add a live event structure like WWE had for years, WWE doesn't even do that anymore. There's a reason for that. Because... House shows don't really make no, money. I, th- I think they still WWE still has like that five day schedule. It's yes, but I don't ridiculous. think it makes the yeah. money like it used to. That like, I don't know. But here's what I will say: I think AEW should do it over the summer. I, I uh, there is a market for wrestling. I just don't know if the name recognition the is there yet. Like it, they can fill up a stadium for a pay per view, but it, would, I don't. It would most depends. people I mean, go to? Would most people go to even a Dynamite right now? I don't know, you know? So, AEW has named Jeff Jarrett the new AEW Director of Business Development. And Tony said, I look forward to expanding the AEW Live events calendar in 2023, plus some future years with JJ, Armorph, and Mookie Ghana, and our entire great AEW team. So, that being said, I think this is going to be more of a backstage role, which I hope it will be. I mean, it doesn't seem like um, it's going to be backstage based on the openings. <laughs> I, mean, I like, know. That that does worry me. I don't need to see him every week. And I don't need him to see him in this group. If he wants to do a one-off with, with Darby Allin. Well, didn't he I'm start doing this on that. WWE as well when he came back recently? Like, Which, speaking of that. So, in the past year, Jarrett has appeared on WWE, GCW, and the NWA. He was a major part of the Ric Flair's last match pay-per-view. In May... Jarrett was announced as the WWE Senior Vice President of Live Events and departed the company in August shortly after Vince McMahon resigned. In the wrestling business, as we've learned, it's great to have guys like this on hand, but he can't get in charge of, you know, he's got to, how do I say this without sounding like a dick? He's got to stick to his own lane, right? Like, let's not bring him in. And Seems like he creates problems wherever he goes. I'll say it. We don't need to have a Jeff Jarrett and fucking Kenny Omega feud in three months. Like, we don't need it. No, no, oh, no, no. Jeff no. Jarrett gets into a backstage fight with Kenny Omega, and now Kenny Omega's off for another full year of AEW. Fuck. Fuck. So, yeah. That being said. No, but I'll, I'll say this. Jeff Jarrett, extremely experienced, has a lot of years in the business, and knows what he's talking about, probably has way more right to talk about this stuff than I do on his podcast, right? But... I've also seen a lot of Jeff Jarrett produced wrestling in the past, and I'm not a fan. So exactly. I really hope we don't need Jeff Jarrett produced wrestling. One thousand percent. That's kind of what we're we're both saying the same thing here. Yeah, stick to I'm his just own. Being movie. less nice about it because I'm not a, I'm not that yeah. big of a fan so, of Jarrett. So you know, even even when I was younger, I remember saying I was like, 
Is does there does the guy running the company need to be on TV? I remember saying that then. Uh. Yeah, exactly. And so let's move on from that. John Moxley cut a quick backstage promo on Lee Moriarty, my credible opponent from the night. He said Danielson himself thought Moriarty was lacking the toughness to run with them. They haven't written him off yet. Tonight, Moriarty's going to have to dig deep down. Moxley wants him to be violent. I don't know. This Moxley promo actually didn't hit for me like the other ones. I don't know why. Maybe it was just the atmosphere. It felt a little, uh, something felt a little off here for me. So, I don't know. It was weird. Um, he talked about lessons in pain and perseverance, and he was basically talking about he didn't think Moriarty was violent enough for the Blackpool Combat Club. That's why they didn't add him. Yeah, just... Maybe it was a delivery just a little flat tonight, So, that, but that's okay. I mean, look. Every, even not every promo is going to be the same. Like, that it's first not, promo he cut when he came back is still among – I think I think I still have that for promo of the year right now. I, I, I think, think like, I do too. The I want the ball promo. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I have his comeback from the uh, from uh, uh, rehab promo when he first came back. Oh, that was a Dynamite. great one too. Yeah. So – the the I want the ball promo is phenomenal as well though, so I can see that as well. But yeah, no, it's not it's not to those qualities. But yeah, and people will act like John Moxley isn't like. I always hear Cornette act like this guy's not a fucking star. It's so sad. Like <laughs> one of the biggest wrestling stars on the planet. Literally, uh, a video of the Elite winning the trio's title is shown, but quickly deleted. And Death Triangles win it shown instead. A graphic of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks on the new AW advertisement is replaced with Death Triangle. They're gearing up for a comeback, and it's going to be huge. And my God, we need Kenny back. Please, Kenny. Is that the match when they come back? They just do that immediately? My God. I would love it. John Moxley with Lord William Regal submit, uh, took on Lee Moriarty with Stokely Hathaway in an AW World title eliminator. So during the match, uh, Lamar Jackson showed up walking to his seats. Uh, the crowd got really excited. They chanted MVP. That had to make Lamar feel good. Look, I... You and I are in the same boat. We always root for Lamar. We've always been Lamar guys. Um, so it's, that's and like we said, star power, man. To see it cross, nah, over, man. It's a big deal. Fucking running back. He's a run- yeah. <laughs> uh, so here we go. Ethan Page joined commentary. Moxley Moriarty started on the ground, but quickly turned to strikes again. I I think the the chain wrestling of these guys really shine through. Mm-hmm. Lee Moriarty takes advantage every time he's stuck in the ring with someone big. He has now wrestled Danielson, CM Punk, and John Moxley. Every time he looked good, Lee Moriarty's a fucking star. Um, Moxley then goes on to hit uh, a really good suplex. Moriarty responded with a Northern Light suplex variation for a near fall. He starts trash-talking him, stomps him down. He then avoids the Death Rider, but Moxley responded with a cutter. Both men then traded some submission attempts. Mm-hmm. Moriarty got the Border City stretch. Moxley escaped, dropped down some anvil elbows. Sank in the cross arm breaker for the submission. So it wasn't like extremely long, but Garrett, what did you think of this one? It's good stuff. I, I really like everything that I see Lee do. And Moxley's been on like a hot streak of matches. I can't think of anything bad. Maybe, maybe one or two, but, but not really that Mox has been a part of. Um, it's going to gear up that like, you know, we don't talk about these eliminator matches, generally speaking, when it comes to the title reigns, because they're not yeah. officially championship matches, but um, just these littered throughout along with the matches with stuff like Penta and the match where I'm sure going to get a, uh, you know, besides MJF, <clears throat> I'm sure we'll get more matches. I'm sure we'll get one. Uh, we already know we're getting at least one that's going to be determined at the pay-per-view for, uh, winter is coming. So we're going to be building toward that. Yeah. Um, and man, 
that, that tournament's starting to look good too. We'll get to that here in a second. But yes, so Ethan Page hits the ring, lays out Moxley post match. Excalibur puts over Page being in the title eliminator, which will culminate at full gear. And Shivani told us more names will be around. Star- announced on Rampage. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, Paquette was supposed to have a face to face with Soraya and Britt Baker. Baker never showed up. Soraya said Baker doesn't care about anyone in the women's division but herself. Soraya has built divisions everywhere she's gone. Even wrestling the same day, she got hit by a car. That's fucking. Can I metal, say even if Britt didn't want to do this segment or whatever the fucking actual deal is here, can we not say this segment's going to happen in a build up for a show? Sell the show yes. on that and then no, not have that happen? Like I don't give a shit if that segment doesn't. I don't give a fuck if Tony the day of was like, I don't like this segment anymore. We're not doing it. Britt would not show up to this. I don't give a fuck what makes sense or what doesn't. It's pro fucking wrestling. How many segments like this have we gotten? Like, it, it makes sense. Just do it. Like, I don't know why this was like, why she had to not, no show it. It doesn't feel like it added anything to the story because we still got a Britt Baker interview later anyway. So why not just, <sighs> it doesn't make them feel like any less of like many more rivals. I don't know. Like, yeah, agreed. So, uh, Saray says she's in AW because something she needed to be a part of. Renee then asks if she's medically clear, and Saray says she's going to wait to answer until next week. She has one less, one doctor left to consult about it. I thought that was. I think, nice. I think I know which doctor she's talking about, Charlie. <laughs> I wonder which one. It's Doctor uh, Britt Baker. <laughs> so that was kind of neat. It's good. I like that. Um, it's clever. It's clever. Is your crap a little touch, I tell you. She's so she's pretty smart. Jackson yeah. is shown ringside. Excalibur sent it backstage to Tony with Lord William Regal. Cut, cut, cut a quick promo on MJF about the main event of Full Gear. Regal said all the potential in the world won't help MJF when he has a real demon to face in John fucking Moxley. My God. It's time for the daddy-ass birthday bash. Uh, so, the daddy-ass birthday bash. There's a hell of a lot of scissoring. Um, <laughs> Cassidy's rap was okay. Yeah, it was it was fine. Uh, these foam fingers are gonna sell unbelievable. Oh my god! Just, at full gear, it's gonna be nothing but these. You things, give AW all the shit you want. The merchandising is great. It's brilliant. Uh, we saw that we mentioned it earlier. We saw their shirts everywhere. Um, but at full gear, I think we're gonna see nothing but these foam fingers, and it's gonna be money. <laughs> Dude, I was so caught up in this segment when the fucking ass boys came out. I wasn't even prepared because I was like, oh yeah, they are actually his sons. I forgot. Yeah, right. So. The daddy has birthday bash. The The whole point of this was the guns came out talking about they're their real sons. Well, we should get to why they came out because they they were going to – they claimed – set up adoption papers for daddy, yeah. Yes. The Bowens presented gun with a certificate with their signature, signatures already on it for adoption. All that is needed is gun signature. Colton and Austin interrupted and asked where their invitation was and said they brought them a gift. W. Morrissey showed up and laid out gun with a big boot and the firm put the beat down on the acclaimed and gun – FTR hit the ring as the gun club of Morrissey bailed with FTR holding up the tag team titles before handing it to the I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, the guns came out and then immediately Billy Gunn signed the papers. Like, <laughs> if I remember, I might so, be misremembering, but I think he did. <laughs> that gives us a match next week of the acclaimed and FTR facing off Colton and Austin in Swerve in Our Glory. Okay, Colton and Austin, you are with three of the hottest tag teams on the planet. Please. Dude, if they show up and look great here, man, this we already know the match with FTR is, is their their moment, but this could be really cool. Shivani backstage with Britt Baker Shivani. and Jamie Hader. Baker said she's doing an interview on her time with her own interviewer. Hader is sick of the conspiracies and wants to wrestle. 
Baker agrees, and they demand a, a tag match against any two ladies on Rampage. Jamie Hayter should be pushed to the moon, please. Thank you. Facts. Jericho, Garcia, and Hager coming to the ring ahead of Jericho's ROH Open Challenge. He said he'd kick any former champion, even saying he'd kick Lamar Jackson's ass, which got a huge reaction. <laughs> and oh, that was awesome. Out comes Colt Cabana. Boom, boom, Colt Cabana. Big reaction. What'd you think of this match? And uh, what'd you think of the Cole Cabana return, Garrett? Yeah, ballsy move. You know, we said it's going to be one of two things. It's going to be a good champion, like I threw out Eddie Edwards, or it was going to be a ballsy move. And it, it, Jonathan Gresham was the one we threw out. This might have been the most ballsy move you could have pulled. Um, yeah. Because we know Cabana's going to be a Ring of Honor guy. So, it, you know, if you're talking about active Ring of Honor wrestlers, Cole Cabana's like one of the only ones that I can think of off the top of my head, you know? So, um, facts. And people, I think some people immediately think this means he's back at AEW now. No, he's still going to be in Ring of Honor. I think that's obvious, you know. Um, and yeah. I just want to address something really quickly with regard to this. I think a lot of people assume this means that CM Punk isn't coming back. First of all, I would like to just say it doesn't. Because uh, the fact that like, it's been stated and you can just not choose. You can choose, as everyone has been doing, to not believe uh, Tony Khan when he says this. But it was his decision and the decision of management to not have CM Punk and Colt Cabana with all their history be on the same shows. That was their decision, not... And obviously yeah. Cabana agreed to it or he wouldn't have agreed to sign with Ring of Honor, right? So um, even if, if it wasn't ever spoken, both guys agreed to it. And that was the way things were. CM Punk's not going to be on TV for six to eight months anyway. Or something along those lines that the injury reportings are true. So it doesn't really make a difference if you have Cabana on in that time. What is Punk going to do? Get mad? He's got no leverage right now because of the things that he did. So there's nothing that they can do to stop it. That's all this means is that we know for a fact that CM Punk is 100% injured. And that all that stuff probably wasn't a work because Cabana's back and it has nothing to do with any of that. Um a la Hangman. Hangman probably would still be in the world title scene right now if he hadn't gotten injured. You know, like... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious what, what was going to go with that match and, and but, where we were You know, a great... This was, I think, one of the better matches I've seen from Cabana. Like, it, you know, Jericho's just giving guys their best matches, and it's great. Like, um... Oh, I liked the Superman pin. That looked good. Um... It did. But leave Riccoboni out of this. Yeah, post-match, Jericho, Garcia, and Hager walked up with the ramp, went after Ian was held by Matt Menard and Jer- and Angela Parker. Blackpool Combat Club made the save. We had a huge brawl with Jericho and Claudio having the most notable face-off. So, really well done. Uh, yeah, that was fun. That was a fun I'm, a, I'm an Ian Riccoboni stan. Leave my commentator alone, bud. Leave him alone, You know what this pisses me off, bitch. though, Charlie? This probably means we're not getting the fucking Riccoboni and uh, Menard commentary team again. <sighs> no! Because this is now twice. He held him back this time. I don't know how he's going to explain this one. Yeah. Uh, Rene Paquette backstage with Death Triangle. Phoenix said he's ready to become the new Atlantic champion. Pac says he knows something about being double champion. Bro, can I but just Phoenix say, wants revenge. Fucking feels, and I, I'm going to bury a bunch of the AEW interviewers, but I'm I'm sorry. But it feels so much more fucking professional with Rene doing the interviews. I, I, I love it. I think they needed like, Tony a, Schiavone is great. Tony Schiavone knows what he's doing. <sighs> Lexi Nair is getting there. Yeah, right. I, lo- I love Lexi for Rampage. She feels like Rampage. And having Renee do Dynamite, it I love it. It I, feels I like we have official have two- interviewers yep. now, you know? Like, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. No, having having Renee, you can feel it. Yes. Um, but, but Pac wants Phoenix to take the hammer. Pac wants Phoenix to Is that a euphemism? <laughs> it might be. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> yep. uh, that's the golden ticket. Pac told Phoenix to think about it and walked away. We talked about the All-Atlantic title. 
So, backstage, Swerve is with Tony Schiavone. Um, what do we got? What do we got? A famed rapper, Rick Ross, who said he's here for one reason, to make Big sure Swerve boss. is the biggest in the industry and in rap. Heath Lee walks in, says he hasn't heard from Swerve all week. They're number one contenders, but wants to know who's holding the camera when he assaulted Billy Gunn. Rick Ross said, those are just accusations. <laughs> Swerve said, how about next week an eight-man tag? Rick Ross was like, you shall not break up. Yeah. Keith Lee reluctantly accepted, so this still makes me think Keith and Swerve are going to kind of break into a feud when Swerve turns heel, and it's going to be awesome. I like the idea that Swerve brought Rick Ross because Rick Ross will literally just defuse any situation because he doesn't want the drama. So, so this was good fun. You know, this was good stuff here. And then we get into the next thing. Cade Cargill with Layla Gray taking on Marina Shafir. What the hell were they trying to do with this? Um, you know, Having it's Vicky a, it's and Nyla an Rose come for out. both to have the best match that both have had with yes. each other, and like, just they let just them go. Missed the fucking mark. I think they did. No, I think that's the problem. I think this is the best match the two of them could have together. I think the problem has been they have been getting carried for months, both of them, by superior wrestlers who know how to wrestle and sell and can teach them how to do things, but can't teach them how to do them with people that don't know what they're doing. Like, Jade is your Athena in there with either of these wrestlers right now, and they can both have a match. And both of those matches are going to be better than the match that either of these two can have with each other. With both either of them in the league, and and I don't know what the hell they were trying to do with Nyla and Vicky, but I did like like the Taz line of I think our jobs are safe. <laughs> so look, this yeah, I was, reaching, I was, I was, I'm not sure if they added to this segment or if they were just there. I think they were just to there. me. Vicky and Nyla completely destroyed this, and I I don't understand no, what they were the trying to do. The match in the ring completely destroyed the segment. What, what they just didn't help. I don't think they hurt the segment. That's yeah. why I wrote it that way in my. Well, notes. here's the thing. Jade Cargill, she's your Goldberg. She's gonna hit her. She's got her couple big moves that get a reaction every time, and she wins quick and easy. Right? We know the story. She's fucking the, one of the most dominant but champions. What sucks about that is when she gets beaten. Then what is she? You know what I mean? Like that's the she's Goldberg. Gotta, problem, she's gotta hope right? she can go on with Goldberg. Did I don't know. What is Goldberg now? He just comes back and he beats everybody that he shouldn't at times that he shouldn't. Is that what Jade becomes when Jade loses the championship? Like. Because there really was never a backup plan for when Goldberg lost the championship in either instance. So, so like WCW Cargill, did a stun gun, which was dumb. And then I think yeah. WWE just beat him, if I remember correctly. So, so uh, one of the things that happened was Cargill was almost counted out after being distracted. thought that was a nice little touch, actually. Shafir got an, uh, nearly got in a knee bar. Cargill got free, hit her pump kick. A pissed off Cargill flattened Shafir with a jaded for the win. Kira Hogan tried to sneak attack Rose to get the TBS title, but was flattened as Rose took off. Nyla Rose and Jade Cargill at full gear. It's... I, I really hope it's not what this was. <laughs> there was a Bow Wow thing, too, shooting a shot at Jade Cargill. That was another mention on the TV. And Jade said something of, you can't afford me. Which <laughs> that was awesome. Alright. Video package. House of Black is shown. Julia Hart seemingly trying up uh, tying up Malachi Black and Brody King and being oh, set out to Hold see. up, hold up. <laughs> yeah, and and ultimately buried. We hear the words, all must end, so all must suffer. Bro, she's tying the screen up. goes the black. <laughs> yeah. This is Malachi's some weird voice shit. Fucking saying, Brian, Brian, <laughs> Brian Pelman yeah. Jr. is like, what the fuck? We could have been doing that? Father of the black light. Giver of the sight that takes. Giver of the sight that creates. Forgive me not, father. Forgive me now, mother. 
as a hand shoots I'm up from the grave. Because remember, we 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 basically forced fucking Malisters or sorry, fuck. Oh, I fucking finally did it. Malachi Black's fucking uh he basically <laughs> forced him to like take a way shorter fucking vacation than he probably needed for his mental health, so he'll be back soon, which is good, but because he's a fucking huge star, but I really hope he's I hope he's good, man. I hope he and his like, I I really hope all that shit about him and his wife was just rumors, you know, like because I really like both of them. They're both really talented, so, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, I'm excited to see where this goes, though. I mean, oh, also, some people pointed out they think this means that maybe Julia's leaning toward the leader. I remember being, like, the only person that said that, like, forever ago. So, um, I'm just going to sit here and take credit for everything, like uh, Matt Hardy on BTE. <laughs> this is the way. You have to. You got to take credit, man. What, what? Let's get into our main event. Samoa Joe, Brian Cage, ROH television title. This was a hoss. Big main event. meaty men slapping the meat. Big meaty men slapping meats. Big meaty men slapping meats. Um, Taz said something that apparently required a burial. Um, I, I don't remember what it was, but I will bury you, Taz. I consider yourself buried. All right. Um, Taz also reminded us that he managed both of these guys. He managed Taz and he managed Joe and TNA and Cage early on in AEW. I forgot so that, that cool. he did stuff with Joe early on, and that really makes yeah. me happy because it makes sense now that you think about it. Like I, I, I know Joe did suplexes before then, but you assume Taz had some advice, so there's that. It's good stuff. And this match was the definition of big meaty men slapping meats. Exactly. Uh, Cage hit a corner in Zaguri that was pretty good, and then a standing German suplex that dropped Joe right on the shoulder. And then they worked a long chin lock during the break. Cage hit a perfect uh, somersault dive over the top. He posed for the crowd. Joe answered with a Manhattan drop, charging boot and a centom for the two. Yeah, that's Snap the advantage, by the way, of Brian Cage being that size at his size. He's not like, yeah. he's like, what is he, like 5'10 or 5'11, something like He's not like the normal big man size. He could do that still because he's small enough. And I'm not shitting on the guy. He's still athletic. He probably could be like, I don't know, what would he be as, like, an NFL position? Probably, like, a speedier fucking defensive guy, I'm guessing. Like, cause he's he'd just... be, like, the biggest freak middle linebacker you've yeah, ever Yeah, that's what seen. I was kind of thinking, middle linebacker. Like, he's got the speed. It's like, who's, like, a short little linebacker that, like, has been he's doing that He's built a six-foot 272, which probably means he's, what, 5'10", probably 272? Yeah, he probably builds himself a little bit bigger because, yeah, but just to get booked. But, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, hey, fuck it. The guy looks... I, mean, I probably undershot him a little bit, but um, he probably is closer to six but, foot. Uh, but, Six foot, like, you... is short for a wrestler, really, if you think about it. Like, <clears throat> but like Samojo getting right, the main event here. And, yeah, uh, this was a Good nice stuff, though. Yeah. I mean, look, this match was what it was. It wasn't, like, the greatest match ever. Um, Cage, you know, at the end here, Joe switched arms. He got the rear naked choke for the submission. I actually really liked the, the way he locked it in. Mm-hmm. It was really nice. The Gates of Agony hit the ring to beat up Joe. Wardlow made the save, chasing off the embassy. He stared them down. Powerhouse snuck up from behind and laid out Wardlow with a spine buster. Hell Held yeah. up the TNT title. Made another statement to end the show. And he did that twice this week. Powerhouse yes. Hobbs is the closer both on uh, both shows. Hell yeah, We bud. fucking love to see that. But fucking big meat. Any other, any other thoughts on the match and uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and Wardlow? Uh, just big meat all over the place. Uh, being slapped around. Wardlow, the biggest meat of them all. Uh, came out to make the save. Um, yeah. Hobbs, maybe the second biggest meat. Uh, you know, it's just, we're gonna have some meat slapping at this pay per view. I kind of hope this Brian Cage thing continues on a little bit because I don't know who else I'd have Joe face, and Brian Cage and him so, probably have a better match. So because we both kind of agree this match as, didn't quite hit right what we were expecting. Yeah, it so. didn't like. Yeah, fully agreed there. So yeah, all guys are building their two seventies. So really cool. Hell yeah, bud. Lexi Nair. So. We already covered the opener, so then we jump into Lexi Nair interviewing Tony Storm. This is Rampage, baby! 
Sorry. <laughs> Your upcoming title defense against Jamie Hader at full gear. So I want to know how the nice girl she spent the pandemic with became such a bully and has allowed herself to be manipulated by another bully, Dr. Britt Fucking Baker. Jamie Hader can bully me. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. She can, hey, yo. She could. She, well, what, I couldn't stop her. Well, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Uh, Lexi going to say no? <laughs> She's interviewing Claudio and, and Danielson, asking what their issues are with uh, Chris Jericho. They don't like how Jericho is disrespecting the ROH World Title. Castanoli and Danielson challenged Jericho for the ROH World Title, and Regal told Jericho to make his choice. Which that turns out to something actually kind of crazy at Full Gear. Yeah, I like the way they went with that. Ultimately, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second here. Uh, Britt Baker and Jamie Hader in some tag action against Madison Rain and Sky Blue, a team we've been talking about recently. Uh, kind of making the waves as a tag again. This is just working Sky Blue in with the with the regular crew here. I think Sky Blue is going to be a name that. You know, we're going to see featured here for a little bit, just like Willow. She's going to be randomly featured. Um, so most of the first t- five minutes of this match took place during the commercial break. Of course, right? After the long break, Rain got a hot tag and took the fight to her longtime rival, said Excalibur, Britt Baker. Rain caught Baker with a cutter. Hater caught Rain with a backbreaker. Baker got a near fall after the after the neckbreaker. Uh, Baker and Hater hit a pair of super kicks on their opponents. Another back and forth exchange with Rain. Hater caught her with a ripcord lariat out of nowhere and got the pinfall. So, after the match, Baker grabbed the house mic and cut a promo on Tony while Hater beat on Rain. Storm ran in and knocked out Rebel, then brawled with Hater. Storm locked in locked Hater in the Texas Cloverleaf, and Baker made the save by hitting Storm with the AEW World Women's Title Belt. And Hater and Baker taunted Storm with the belt. So, any notes from this match you got? And uh, Jamie Hater and... Tony Storm, dude. Uh, Sky Blue We're doing had a it. rough week this week. Losing to Kiera Hogan. I think got the piss beat out of her in this throughout Rampage match. Um, she took all the offense. Uh, the crowd yeah. did not give a fuck. Um, until, until Hater versus, like, until Jamie and uh, Tony <laughs> went at it at the end. But then they popped like crazy because everyone wants to see that match, and rightfully so. But, um, yeah, good stuff. Good match. I mean, it wasn't really that good. It kind of felt like the same thing. Like, they just didn't, didn't really gel i don't know why like i like sky blue and madison rain as a tag agreed i like i like the idea that sky blue just is now being like followed by madison rain so she can give her all the advice you know i like that um but um i don't know it just didn't quite hit for me um but uh and the man, story jamie here is, is jamie hater let, let me just say that jamie hater and that fucking matching with Britt baker gear is just fucking distracting man i'm sorry hey man Jamie Hader's uh, got me feeling some type of way this episode. I don't know why. Uh, listen, you all know why, all right? Fuck. I love hey, I love Jamie Hader. Love Jamie Hader. Uh, Tony Schiavone interviewed Chris Jericho after some clips of Lamar Jackson reacting to Jericho Challenge Wednesday. Jericho answered the challenge from earlier in the show. He wanted both Danielson and Claudio. And to even the odds, he suggested making it a four-way. Hey, yo. With Sammy Guevara as well. Guevara, who has been with Jericho since day one, will do the right thing once they've both taken care of the Blackpool Combat Club opponents. We'll Jimmy Guevara, right Ring of Honor champion, would be insane. We'll do the right thing. That's what I'm seeing, Garrett. Are we going to have Sammy Guevara win this fucking thing? Bro, that'd be crazy. I mean, it would kind of defeat the purpose of putting Jericho as uh, Ring of Honor champion to make it more legit, though, right? Like, Hey, maybe. We should get an announcement about ROH soon, too. So let's figure out what, what, what's going on with like, that. If that's so... what the plan is, then... You have to have Jericho like almost win it back right away or something like. Cause... So now we're up to five matches on. Uh... I, I I will say this. I Full will gear. like the tease, 
But if he's not going to win it, then he should, I don't know if he should even be in the match, right? Like, you know, like, because it's like, yeah. I don't know, like, if Jericho's going to defend it, it, you know, I don't think Sammy should just eat the pinfall first. I don't think that makes anybody look good in any scenario uh, to just lose on purpose. But, um, I, so I, I don't know. It's a weird booking decision. Um, if they decide to put the belt on Sammy, it'd be cool. I don't know if Sammy needs it right now, but yeah, I don't know. It would be cool. I don't know. It would be it, cool. The heat would be there, brother. As we always say, the heat, brother, 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 brother. Absolute Ricky Starks came into the ring, entered himself in the full gear eliminator tournament. It's a pretty good promo. Uh, you know, he had a line here about people being proud pillars of AEW when things are crumbling around here. Nonetheless, Starks got a good reaction for his announcement, and he was quite over with the crowd. Garrett Stark acknowledged himself. He, he mentioned pillars, which I, 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 I anybody else out there that listens to this show knows of any other show that's referred to Ricky Starks as a pillar of AEW. Let me know because I don't know of any, and uh, I'm pretty sure that means we just got acknowledged on AEW television. It, uh, it might be, and, and let's let's re- reference here. Uh, reference here we haven't mentioned it a little bit here even though it's it's on our cover art and we have we have mentioned our pillars of AEW: ricky starks wheeler yuda dante martin danny garcia we've we've nubbed that the new pillars if you will and they're kind of our our four guys like i said we we've mentioned this before we will have a pillars episode where we kind of just just talk about guys pillars of our chaos well, we'll talk about our pillars and talk about things we love about them and what made them a pillar to us, and we'll have fun with that. That'll be that'll be one of our ESE minis one of these days here. We gotta do more before the end of the year because we got a couple shows like that. We also got our awards show, which we did mention here. We'll be doing that in December, so one month away from that. Little ESE mini episodes that we like to do. Um, in two weeks, we got we're gonna be do covering full gear. We'll have full gear predictions. Fuck full we'll gear three shows in two that weeks? weekend. Jesus, I don't even know. Yep, two weeks from today or two Holy weeks from shit, yesterday. Bud. So we uh, yeah we November nineteenth right yep oh shit here we go so thirteen yeah. days away holy shit Tony Schiavone interviewed Sammy Guevara who challenged Brian Danielson for a two out of three falls match on Dynamite Wednesday this match was later made official <laughs> we then jump to the full gear eliminator tournament was revealed okay here we go we have eight guys in the tournament and he, the matches go as such on Wednesday this week. Eddie Kingston versus Ethan Page. Money. Bandito versus Roosh. Money. Bruh. Ricky Starks versus... Uh, oh, that, by the way, on, Bandito versus Roosh could unironically be a match of the year candidate. Like It could be, yep. Uh, the, uh, so these three are on Rampage that I mentioned. Only Kingston and Page is on Dynamite. Okay. The second match on Rampage, Ricky Starks versus Lance Archer. Ricky has to win this. Yeah, and that'll be like one of the biggest wins of Ricky's career. It will be. This is the beginning. Brian Cage versus Dante Martin, also on Rampage. Dante Martin's got to, he's got to win this, right? Yeah, Brian Cage doesn't need a loss right now, but he also doesn't feel like he's the kind of guy that really takes that much. I mean, he lost to MJF, and he's still doing just fine. Like, he helped build a faction. So, if he can do that, then, you know. I think, looking at the bracket, so on the left side, Kingston, Page, Bandito, Roosh. On the right side, Archer, Starks, Cage, Martin. I feel very confident on the right side. Ricky Starks has to be in the finals. I still think my my initial prediction of, of Dante versus Ethan Page is going to happen. Okay. Okay. 
And on the left side, I mean, we're going to know Wednesday which one it I'm is. I'm sticking with Page that, by Kings. the way, until one of them loses, and then I'll then I'll, I'll then I'll adjust. But it's, I called that I, last week, and they're both in the tournament now. We didn't know Ethan Page was going to be in it, by the way, when I said that. I just want to point that out. It was being if implied, we go, but we didn't know it yet. If we go into full gear with the final as Ethan Page and Ricky Starks, I think that that is, match on paper would be incredible. But I also think Dante Martin winning the whole thing would be the greatest story of all time. Like it would be, and this is what I'm going to set up right now in my in my head here. This is what I'm setting up. Give me what I want. Ricky Starks wins. Ricky Starks challenges at Winter Is Coming. And Ricky Starks is the first challenger for MJF. MJF, Ricky Starks, world title match. That is the official change in AEW's direction. They have moved on to the next generation of champions. If that happens. But then I feel like you have to flip MJF back heel. Because I don't want to see babyface Ricky Starks versus tweener MJF. I want to see him versus vicious MJF. Because that story is incredible. When he cheats to beat Moxley, he'll be fully fucking MJF again. And people are going to root for him. It's but he's going to be a heel. It's just going to be one of those like it's it's going to be like it's always been. I think this tweener shit's setting up for a fucking really big thing at the pay per view, which we'll get into. Okay. So, full gear, fully. Uh, we got five matches now, which is nice to see. We got the tournament bracket revealed, so that's probably going to be Rampage three tournament matches. This is Rampage, baby. I'm actually down with that straight up. That'll that'll be kind of cool. Uh, WWE also announced. Speaking of things on Rampage that weren't kind of cool. Oh, (laughs) Samoa Joe and Wardlow take on the Gates of Agony. War War Joe versus the Gates of Agony. Wardlow dared Hobbs to attack him in the pre-match promo. He said nope on that. He said fuck this. We're not cutting this promo. Fuck off. I wanted to hear Prince Nana. They never let him speak. Yeah, right. What the hell is up with that? So, Toa Leona bit Joe in the ear. Kong caught him with a clothesline from the ring apron to allow Gates of Agony to take control before uh, the commercial break. When we get back, Joe caught Kong with Uranagi, tagged him Wardlow. Wardlow took Kong down with a pair of German suplexes, caught Leona off the ropes of the German suplex as well. Wardlow got a near fall with a spine buster. Joe pulled Leona out of the ring and choked him out of the floor. <laughs> Wardlow hit Kong with a lariat. He took out Nana with a right hand, and the distraction gave Lon a brief bit of hope. Until Wardlow dropped him with a headbutt. Wardlow hit four acts of the Symphony Powerbomb, or Powerbomb Symphony, and then pinned Khan with one foot. Leona watched all this from the floor while Joe was choking him out. Really cool visual, actually, with that. After the match, Hobbs came out to the stage, motioning one of the belt. Wardlow pushed Joe out of the way, which, uh-oh, Joe didn't like that, to call Hobbs down to the ring. And then, yeah, both men shouted out threats to each other. Powerhouse Hobbs versus Wardlow. I mean, tack that on to full gear, so full gear is... Looking pretty nice here. Garrett, anything from this match that you want? Just like it and felt then, like both That's teams, Rampage at all. Yeah, both of these teams just like... They're trying to figure it out. And like I feel like it's not good to put two teams trying to figure it out like that against each other unless you know they're really competent. Like, And I, I feel love like these that's what it looks like on paper, but I don't know. I think Gates of Agony are in a weird stage right now where they need to wrestle other Ring of Honor-like teams so they can get into that style. And AEW doesn't really wrestle that style. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. You know, like... Yeah. So, you can tell they're trying to figure that out. Because they, they guaranteed have a match at the pay-per-view for Ring of Honor. So... Yeah, now we know we got the ROH World title on the line. So, let's jump into some next week's stuff. Uh, real quick, let's run down Full Gears card. AEW World Championship. John Moxley versus MJF. 
ROH World Championship, Chris Jericho versus Danielson versus Sammy Guevara versus Claudio. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Interim AEW Women's World Champion, Chip, uh, Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter. Really like that. AEW World Tag Team Championship, The Acclaimed versus Swerve the Acclaimed. Three. Uh, I mean, that, those matches have been so fucking good, man. And then now we have the World Title Eliminator Tournament Finals, which could be of... I mean, it, it could, could be, be Bandito versus Dante Martin. It could be Roosh versus Ricky Starks. It could be Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston. I mean, there's so many options, right? Oh, the rematch could be, of the match where fucking Lance Archer spiked himself on the head? I mean, if it's Bandito versus Dante Martin, that's Trying like to get one Lance of the injured again when he does another moonsault and Eddie Kingston is 15 feet away. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that's full gear. Uh, we've talk, We've gone over Rampage. Now, Dynamite real quick. Danielson versus Guevara, two out of three falls match. Kingston versus Page. John Moxley's cutting a promo. Baker and Soraya face to face confrontation. Uh, Jamie Hayter versus Sky Blue. The acclaimed and FTR versus Swerve in Our Glory and the Guns. So, Dynamite looking solid. We, I mean, all the stars are on display, right? Dude, Jamie Hayter versus Sky Blue is going to be the distraction match. Hello there. <laughs> yeah, like, hard to agree. Hard to disagree. Hard to disagree. I should say so, Garrett. That's this week in wrestling. Um. Yeah, we had some, this is a fun show, man. We we talked about the NXT or AEW Dark Elevation stuff. I'd really love to know what people thought of, of their, like, I could see both sides of the coin. I mean, it's it's really cool. It's really cool to see. That's a fun little debate. And, uh, yeah, man, the tournament looks really nice. No, no really you to anywhere. Um, hmm. Wonder what too much slap nut for that. Too much slap nuts. Uh, but, yeah. Any uh, closing thoughts for you here, Garrett? Uh, Jeff Jarrett is going to be TNT champion in three weeks. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no, please. (laughs) That'll be it for us, guys. We'll catch you next week. We are covering AEW again. And, yeah, we got John Moxley on Dark next week, Garrett. I'm actually pretty excited about that. Jeff Jarrett versus... Uh, versus uh, anyone on Dark is going to be happening, and it, I'm, 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 it, we're going to have to watch that. This is the way. We'll catch you guys next week. This is Eat Sleep Elite. See ya. Slap nut. Oh.